What's up, guys? Welcome to the Drama Club. On this week's episode, we start off by talking about Michael Avenatti, whose name I can barely pronounce. And then I keep it West Coast with the story of Dee Barnes and Dr. Dre. And May tells us all about the daytime scandal of the Jenny Jones show. Stay tuned. What up, fam? What up, fam? Feels good, right? Feels good, right? <laughs> yeah, I know it do. Yeah. And without further ado, we broadcasting live from CA to NY. Oh shit! Do you remember that one viral video where um, that teenager pushed his friend off a bridge into the oh yeah lake yeah yeah, and she brought charges against him. Right, like she had a collapsed lung and shit. Yeah, he just got two days in jail. That's it. He's nineteen years old. You would think like reckless endangerment, yeah. Give him at least three months. <laughs> yeah, right. And you then he can serve a month. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, what's the point of even giving him the two days? Yeah. Fucking stupid. Oh, her mom said, "Please force him to spend at least as many days in jail as my daughter did in a hospital." There you go. Yeah. Yeah, that is pretty fucking little, huh? Fucking teenagers are stupid. <laughs> Oh my gosh, they fo- show are. You know, okay, it's been established that I don't like pranks. I also, <laughs> I, I, I don't like when people will be pushing people in pools. Oh, I that don't shit like is that not either. funny to me. No, it's mean. Oh, one time, uh, Hoel and Jenny's ex boyfriend were all drunk and they kept doing it to everybody at the house, and <gasps> everybody was pissed. At them. <laughs> oh my god, I would be pissed too. You know. You don't understand, like I work on my hair and my makeup and stuff. That's I what I told Hoel too. I yeah. was like, "You're a dick. You don't get it." Yeah, because yeah. you want to get wet. Fucking. <laughs> oh, on this week's episode of Real Housewives, the current season, uh-huh. they they spoiled a little bit what happened with Taylor and oh, her husband. No, why are you watching them at the same time? Because I need because people are talking about it on Twitter and stuff, and I like need I need to? I need to know what what they're talking about. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> but they're talking about like um, Lisa Vanderpump being manipulative, and then they flash back, and then they were talking about how she tried to get Camille to say that that he hits Kelsey? her or something oh. that Taylor's they husband hit Taylor to say that. Oh yeah, right. And I was like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> don't watch it, May. Ugh. I can't. I can't help myself. That's, that's not even the worst thing. <gasps> okay, good. So at least there's more, right? Yeah. Well, oh, that's a horrible thing to say. <laughs> it was a bad phrase, but I know what you're <laughs> referring to. It's hard. Like reality TV is hard. You forget that yeah. it's like yeah. they're real, they're real, real ass people. people. Yeah. Because sometimes they act hella fake. You yeah. Know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But um, oh, when I was in law school and living in Newport, one of my friends or one of my classmates owned his family owned a restaurant mm-hmm. on Highway 111 and the Real Housewives of Orange County filmed in there and he was like I, he was I was all excited about it mm-hmm. and then he was like Steph you know they all brought their scripts right like yeah and they do reshoots yeah. and stuff yeah. yeah he was like I was like don't be a dick bro don't ruin this <laughs> <laughs> but it's I like to think of it as like based on true events and then you know they sort oh, of yeah. like they they fill in where they need to fill in for sure, for sure. It's like based on a real story, true story. Yeah. Yeah. Did you hear that Francis McDormand and Denzel Washington are going to be in Macbeth, directed by the Coen brothers? 
What? Yeah, I saw that today and I was like tripping balls. Oh my god. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm ready. Like Frances McDormand, like Yeah. She a real one. She's a G. I love her. I love (laughs) her. She's badass because she 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 wifed herself her own movie movie writer. Yeah, I'm saying. (laughs) She's smart as fuck. Yeah. And I just love that she's like genuine and just like real. She's not like all about this Hollywood bullshit. She didn't give a fuck. Yeah. I like, do you remember when she won the Golden Globe for uh four billboards outside whatever the shit? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you threw in an extra billboard, but okay. Whoop. Whoops. <laughs> Two and a half billboards and men outside fucking Fox News. Anyways, um, that year the Globe girl was uh, the Rock's daughter. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And remember he said that he loved, he like will forever have a crush on Francis McDormand mm-hmm. because- when she went up to accept her award, she walked up to her and like yeah. shook her hand or yeah, gave her yeah. a little kiss or something. Right. Yeah. Because everyone just ignores them. Yeah, they just ignore them. Yeah. It's like, oh, here's another prop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so what's up, guys? Welcome to the Drama Club. Yes. This is your weekly podcast all about celebrity drama, dirt, gossip, Francis McDormand, Real Housewives. <laughs> yup. Um, <our> dogs. <laughs> We be talking, we be talking, you guys be listening, and we we appreciate that. Yep, thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed our afternoon delight from Monday. Which was we don't know. Oh, yet. we don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't written I was it yet. tripping. Okay. You guys might be the just a uh programming note that we might be talking about shit that's like two weeks old, old. at this point because we're we're pre recording because we're taking a little break, but um, I'm not taking a break. May's going uh, to Bali. <laughs> yeah, but you're taking a break because then you won't have to do anything for these two weeks. Also, that's true. Thank you. So, so when we um... spoiler alert, I'm lazy. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that after you listen to this episode, oh no, I'll be back by the time you listen to this episode. So next time we talk, uh, we'll we'll be back. We'll on be track. back. Yeah, we'll be up to date with all the drama. Yep. My name is Stephanie, also, for those of you listening. <laughs> <laughs> and my name is May. And like we said, we are El Club de Drama. Okay, so I wanted to talk to you about the Michael Avenatti hot topic because it's interesting. Okay, cool. I knew that guy was a douchebag when she first hired him. Yeah, everybody yeah. seems to like... It, they people were bringing receipts from the beginning, but it seems like he was the only one that was like willing to step up and do it. So I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, I mean that's what's. Anyways, no, for sure. <laughs> I was gonna say that's the problem with attorneys is you, like you could be a real bad person. And yeah, <laughs> a real right. good attorney. Yeah. So homeboy got arrested this week. <laughs> oh shit! He got charged with several counts of extortion. <gasps> Because he was trying to extort Nike out of $20 million. Nike? Yeah. Apparently, he has a client who is bringing a quote-unquote bombshell lawsuit against them for whatever reason. And he told Nike, like, guess what? I can make this go away if you hire me and my firm as the, as like an in-house sort of like, um, uh, like an investigation team to get to the bottom of this and like clean it up or whatever. So he knew the scheme. Yeah. So so Nike went to the cops. <laughs> Why would he do that? What an idiot! It was like, um, yeah, he wanted the the fee was going to be twenty million dollars, you know, for the for the firm or whatever. 
So yeah, that was that was the big news. But then he's also being charged completely unrelated to this to like <laughs> several several counts of money laundering and bank fraud or like wire fraud, stuff like that. Oh no. So yeah, he's really shitty. And so then I was thinking <laughs> So yeah, he sucks. Then, Michael uh, sucks. When I, so I was like watching this news story and I was like, oh, fuck, damn, uh, Stormy's going to have to get another lawyer. Who's she going to get? Fucking Mark Garagos. And Ooh, then that'd like, be awesome. Then cut to literally five seconds after that thought went into my head. <laughs> Attorney Mark Garagos is also implicated in this crime in the in the like the, in like the wire fraud and the bank fraud and shit. Oh my god! And now he's like, "Well, Stormy, you're gonna need a new lawyer. You in danger, girl. You're gonna need a new lawyer." Oh my god! <laughs> That's awful, me. Holy shit! Yeah, Michael Avenatti, you can still get it though. May, shut up! Don't do that. <laughs> Don't say that. Michael Avenatti was representing one of the women against R. Kelly, or no? He had a sex tape, a n- a new one. He had, like, Michael Avenatti had it? Yeah. He got his hands on a new sex tape featuring R. Kelly and an underage girl. Whoa. And so I don't know if he was, like, for real, for real representing that victim or if it was just, like, just representing her in that he was going to hand over the tape to the authorities. Holy shit. Um, why can't Gloria Allred represent, um... You know, Stormy. I never liked her, but then I saw that documentary. Did you watch it on her? No, which one? It might be called Gloria, but I like I like her. But it's all about her life, and it talks about like her, uh, like the like her backstory and stuff. And now I kind of like have more respect for her, but I never used to like her because she seemed like an ambulance chaser, sort of. Like, oh yeah, like she's she's always at like the cusp of any story. Like yeah, that. you're right. Yeah, like th- any little story. Fucking the girlfriend of what? What's the guy who killed his wife on Christmas? On Christmas? Yeah, his pregnant wife. Oh shit! I don't know. Not not I this Christmas. A long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> and this Christmas <laughs> will be a very special Christmas. That's all that I need to look it up. This is so inappropriate. <laughs> yeah, Christmas wife dies. Pregnant murder. God damn. Not uh, the Marine. Scott Peterson. Oh, yeah. yeah that's yeah. what I'm thinking of. Yeah, so he's not a Marine, though. He's but, not? No. Who? I don't know who you're thinking of, but Gloria Allred would like rep- represent Scott Peterson's side chick. And I'm like, why? For what? Like, why yeah. are what you just want that press? Like, I don't, I don't, I just don't like that. That doesn't sit well with me. But then, like, yeah. after I saw her documentary, I was like, okay, she's a feminist. Like, she has, I think she has, like, in her heart of heart, she thinks she's doing something like for women, and she is to she to is, a, to yeah. an extent. But like, the, I just don't like those attention seeking bullshit ones. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. I like her though. <laughs> Somebody one time told me like, oh, you're a lawyer. Shouldn't you be out chasing ambulances? It was my insurance guy. Hey. And I was like, I guess if I wanted to make more money. <laughs> I'm cool, though. <laughs> I can't run that fast. Yeah, but you got you got the distance. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Not lately. Oh, Scott Peterson is a good one. I want to do that one. Yeah, as that's an episode. A, yeah, that's a big ass scandal. 
Yeah, that was fucking crazy. Mm -hmm. She was the one that like on Instagram was selling all this stuff. She was super cute, right? I don't think there was Instagram when this happened. Okay. I am thinking of somebody else then. Okay. I am thinking of somebody completely different. Well, that's crazy. I feel bad for Stormy Daniels. Yeah, but she released a statement. She was basically like, I'm shocked, but I'm not surprised. Good. And she was yeah. like, she was like, the what what I've learned in the last few weeks or something are things that uh I would never have wanted to associate myself with. And she's basically like, fuck him. I hope that he gets what he deserves and you know, I'll be uh hiring new counsel or I or I have hired new counsel already or something. Wow. I love the way Stormy Daniels handles herself. <laughs> Me too. She's awesome. Yeah. In the face of everything that's happening to her and around her, she's just like She'll clap back. She keeps her composure. She's cool. Yeah, she's real cool. She's a savage. She's a witty savage. I know. Don't come for her. Who are all these people who keep coming for her? Because I know they're stupid. Yeah. Like, do you not know what the internet is? You <laughs> haven't seen this shit go down a million times before? Like, truly, do not come for Stormy Daniels. Do not come for Chrissy Teigen. Hell no. Did you see that shit today? Did you like? You liked it, actually. What? Where, uh, <laughs> um, what's her name? Um, rosemary's baby oh mia farrow did you see that she tweeted at chrissy teigen <laughs> yeah that was fucking crazy why the fuck was she tweeting at her like that <laughs> mia <laughs> and when i first saw it okay can you read the tweet do you have it up no hold on twitter i was googling rosemary because <laughs> <laughs> when she first tweeted it i thought it was i thought chrissy was having like a q a or something me too it makes no damn sense yeah so chrissy Hold on. I'm trying to find it. Hyder requested a Mia Farrow episode. Oh, we should do a Mia Farrow episode. So Chrissy Teigen tweeted a recipe for panko, <laughs> parmesan, and cayenne crusted green tomatoes that are <laughs> like baked. Yeah. That sounds and bomb. That does sound bomb. <laughs> and Mia Farrow responded and said, question for Chrissy. I've had two fine husbands. They went on to marry other people, but we remained close. Then eventually they died. Do I get to be a widow? What the actual fuck is happening? Why? Why, Mia? That's such a weird question to ask. Unprompted, out of nowhere, yeah. in response to the fried green tomatoes. <laughs> baked. Baked. Tomato, baked. Oh, that's true. That is so fucking ridiculous. Maybe she's baked and that's why she's <laughs> doing the most but okay what do you call yourself in that you're not allowed to call yourself anything huh no i don't think so i don't think i think your widow i think it, your privileges your widow privileges are revoked after a divorce mm. yeah i wouldn't want somebody calling themselves a widow if i died after we broke up what if it was your what if they were your last relationship but we had already broken up yeah no all right, that's it. The, the privileges end at the breakup. <laughs> yeah. Caso <laughs> sera. <laughs> Edicho. <laughs> so don't believe all the hype. Pop it up. All right, guys, this is a very special episode. It's a two for episode. That means you get two for the price of one. Yes. I'm going to go. I'm up first, and I'm going to tell you the story of D. Barnes. Oh, fucking Dr. the Dr. Dre. Okay, good. Damn, that's two West Coasts in a row, baby. I know, dude. I okay. I was It's funny when I started writing it, I was like, "Damn, I'm feeling really gangster <laughs> this, this month. March is March must 
Mercury must be in fucking <laughs> low rider <laughs> mode. Reggaeton. <laughs> Reggaeton. <laughs> All right. So I got this from a Gawker article by D Barnes herself. <gasps> Where she was asked to watch the film straight out of Compton and then give her comments. Wow. Okay. A couple of articles in the source too. Okay. So Dee Barnes is an American rapper and TV personality who was an original member of the West Coast hip hop female duo Body and Soul. Ooh. She was a trailblazer as the first female journalist in hip hop and first female journalist with a hip hop show on a broadcast network. What network was she on? Fox. I didn't want, uh, like, oh, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Her duo, Body and Soul, had local success around LA and got a bit of play on the radio, which was a thing that used to be a big deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking on Power 106. If you got played on Power 106. That was it. Yeah. Your shit was popping. Yep. Dee moved to LA in the 80s and she witnessed police harassment and manhandling at a young age. Mm. Through mutual friends, she met Andre, a.k.a. Dr. Dre, Mm -hmm. way before N.W.A. and the rap fame. He introduced her to O'Shea Jackson, a.k.a. Ice Cube, and she was there when everybody met and started forming N.W.A. Okay. She hosted a radio show on the L.A. station K-Day and then hosted a hip-hop show called Pump It Up. That's the show I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. On that show, she gained a lot more mainstream fame. Like, people knew who she was. Mm-hmm. You know, like, Power 106, like, don't you miss shows like that? Oh, uh, what, like, Big Boy in the Morning and shit? No, like, the ones on TV, like, TRL. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what was the one on, uh, I'm sorry, I said Power 106. You mean uh, 106, 106 and Park. Park? Yeah. 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 Anyway, yeah. so, wow. Well, yeah. Because cool. they were just something where, like, you could it was just a, a space to talk about the latest music on tv yeah which is then, we don't have that anymore no and then they'd play the best music yeah. video and we don't have that as at all yeah yeah while at k-day she hung around with nwa while they produced their first album mm-hmm. if we had a show like that we would be what would be in heavy rotation right now we'd still be bumping ariana grande's oh yeah thank you next video <sighs> right right Bruno uh, Mars and Cardi B, ooh, please me. Yeah, with, with like a little warning at the beginning, like th- yeah. this, uh, you might, uh, you might be getting sexy. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the warning. That's the okay, because uh, things are getting a little sexy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> and that's it. That's the only yeah, new music I because I haven't <laughs> seen or music video that I've seen. I haven't been seeing haven't, music videos. Me either. While at K-Day, D hung around with N.W.A. while they produced their first album. Did I say that already? Mm-hmm. All right. However, she wasn't in the studio to hear them produce their heavy misogynistic songs, such as One Less Bitch. <laughs> yep. And A Bitch is a Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fucking profound. Who came up with that shit? Easy. <laughs> <laughs> He said she heard the material when it dropped just like everyone else. And she was super shocked because she had never heard any of them talk like that. Yeah. She said she and Dre's girlfriend at the time, Michelle, who's also a small artist. She had like a few songs, I think. Mm -hmm. Justified it all by saying, well, they think only some girls are like that. And we never presented ourselves like that. So we never gave them a reason to call us stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which is awful. Yeah. How about. Behind your back. Wait till you're gone five minutes. Seriously. <laughs> so NWA dropped their album and ended up blowing up. Like we all know. 
They were activists against police brutality. And Dee says she understood the connections at the time between the album and the oppression of black men by cops and mm-hmm. turn around the oppression of black men against black women. Right. Dee thought it's the cycle of violence rooted in racism perpetuated by the patriarchy, which she had seen time and time again. Yeah. yeah, yeah. As we all know, NWA ultimately had tensions within the group beginning with the departure of Ice Cube. Mm-hmm. NWA needs an episode. Yeah. Oh, and we get to watch Straight out of Compton. You're going to do that next week? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Like I said, I'm lazy. And I don't want to think of what I'm going to do next week. So, yes. In November 1990, she did an in- Dee did an interview with Ice Cube on the set of Boys in the Hood for her show Pump It Up. Mm-hmm. And he discussed leaving NWA, the group's feud, their negative portrayal, and the retaliation that he was seeking against the rest of the crew. Oh, shit. The segment ended with Ice Cube insulting basically everyone in NWA. Yeah. But she, D, her loyalties are to who? She knew Dre first, right? Or, and then Cube. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Okay. But you know? but they probably weren't like close friends anyway, so it's not no, like they all kind of just came up around the same okay. area and yeah, shit, yeah, yeah. you know. Uh-huh. The interview with Ice Cube on Pump It Up was directed and shot by F. Gary Gary, the same director who twenty years later would direct the film Straight Out of Compton. <laughs> wow, Cra- life is crazy sometimes. Life is so crazy, right? <laughs> he was the cameraman on Pump It Up too. Wow. Dr. Dre bumped into D at a record release party for the rap duo Bitches with Problems <laughs> at the Po Nana Souk nightclub in Hollywood. Okay. Just two months after the interview with Ice Cube on January 27th, 1991. According to D, Dr. Dre confronted her. He picked her up and began slamming her head and the right side of her body against the brick wall. What the fuck? As his bodyguard held off the crowd with a gun. What the fuck? Okay, so we're he's doing this with dozens of witnesses. Yeah, maybe more. Yeah. yeah. Dre wow. tried to throw D down the stairs, but you know, they were they were scuffling like she was trying to get away. Yeah. So he failed. So then he began kicking her in the ribs and hands. She was able to pull herself free and she ran away from him into the women's restroom. Mm-hmm. But Dre and his bodyguard followed her no. in there. No. They grabbed her by the hair and he began punching her in the back of the head oh fuck he was stomping on her fingers and d said during the whole ordeal she thought he's gonna kill me yeah because he the fuck he might have yeah and what else he's trying to throw you down the stairs that was obviously that was it that's trying to kill you yeah Yeah. nwa promoter doug young says that he was at the event when it happened and that he tried to intervene but dre's bodyguard punched him oh fuck but if you're Dre's bodyguard, aren't you, your job is to protect him. How about protect him from doing something fucking stupid like that and jump in? That's what I think, too. These aren't fucking like, okay, like, yeah, this is Dre's bodyguard. Just like when, think about Snoop. Like, that was Snoop's bodyguard. Yeah. It's not like these are a fucking professional True. bodyguards. This is your this homie. Is just, this is like uh, some entourage-ass shit. Yeah, like, yeah. you got fucking turtled as your driver. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. just trying to keep people on the payroll. Oh, but... This is over what? Over the fact that, like, he didn't like that she had Ice Cube on the show? Yeah. So D says that ignorant-ass Dre mm-hmm. believed that D had set up all of the NWA crew to look stupid with the Ice Cube interview. 
But she says it wasn't like that. It wasn't mm-hmm. a setup. It was just journalism. Yeah, of course. D was one of the only journalists at the time with personal connections to NWA. Mm. And they weren't a crew that was out giving fucking interviews to people. They right. were controversial. People yeah. did, wouldn't people didn't even want to interview them. Yeah, yeah. So she was just doing her job using her connections to, you know, get a story out there that wasn't getting told. Mm-hmm. Also, she had nothing to do with the way that the interview was run because the way the interview set up is like she's talking to some guy, some other dude from Boys in the Hood. Then she's talking to Ice Cube. And then it ends with like Ice Cube talking to the camera, like threatening, uh, yeah. and talking shit to all of NWA. So I, Dre obviously didn't think he could take Ice Cube. Go beat the shit out of Ice Cube if you're, right? if you're bad at what Ice Cube said. Right. F. Gary Gary, the same director, like I said, obviously is connected to the attack against D since he was involved and directed that episode way back mm-hmm, when. Mm-hmm. And D says she thinks there may be a calculated reason that this attack isn't portrayed in the film straight out of Compton. Interesting. Because maybe F. Gary Gary would have to explain his part within the history, you know? Yeah, that's true. D said that right after the Ice Cube interview was filmed, she told them not to air that part. Uh-huh. She didn't think that she was going to be attacked, but she just thought for sure Cube and the NWA crew were going to shoot each other up. Yeah, yeah. But nobody cared because it was good TV, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Easy E elaborated on what the crew thought was disrespectful, disrespectful by D to the Source magazine in an interview when he said, quote, it's like this. We did pump it up. We did a little something on him, Ice Cube. D set it up. Then she had him come back and do his little clip on us. So we figured everybody that's going to be setting us up to do these TV shows and interviews all of a sudden slide him in after they hear our side of the shit. That makes us look like clowns. We're fucking up everybody. Everybody. I don't give a fuck who it is. What the fuck? Stupid. Ugh, this is horrible. I hate this story. This is so bad. It's really bad. This is like um, if <laughs> if someone beat up Diane Sawyer after she asked Whitney Houston if she does crack. <laughs> <laughs> I I love that part of the episode, man. When you uh, imitate Whitney Houston, I start dying because you're like, "Hack is whack." <laughs> Let me tell you something. <laughs> like the way you know, it's just like Whitney does it. It's true. I would have never done it like that. <laughs> Diane, <laughs> why she talk like that? She was like, "I'm about to say something real important." <laughs> crack is whack <laughs> we don't do crack the rest of the nwa later said quote bitch deserved it fuck them including easy e who said quote bitch had it coming wow okay dr dre later explained the incident by saying people like to talk all this shit but you know somebody fuck with me i'm gonna fuck with them i just did it you know ain't nothing you can do now by talking about it besides it ain't no big thing. I just threw her through a door. Uh, okay. Dr. Drake, right. go fuck yourself. Yeah. You know what? Because it was, it was much worse than that. But even if it was just that, that's How still... the fuck is that not a big thing? Yeah, that's horrendous. That's... Now, Dr. Drake is somebody where now that he has a daughter, he might think differently. Yeah. And I bet, I bet he would think it was a big ass thing if somebody threw his yep. daughter through a door. Yep, for sure. And that's another thing. Are you going to go beat up the guy who threw your daughter through the door? Or are you going to beat up your daughter? Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Like, it's just so ignorant. Yeah. 
He says that around this same time, Dre was beating up his longtime girlfriend, Michelle. Oh. Michelle later said that basically her entire relationship with Dre, she was just told to shut up, sit down, and listen to him, you know? It was abusive, for Mm -hmm. sure. Obviously, all of this was left out of Straight Outta Compton. Yeah. The movie. Right. D sued Dr. Dre in February 1991 after the incident. Not the incident, the abuse. Yeah. And said that these men have grown up with the mentality that it's okay to hit women, especially black women. Mm-hmm. Now there's a lot of kids listening and thinking that it's okay to hit women and it's not okay. Yeah. Especially if you're you're a young kid, you're 15, you're watching Yo! MTV raps or whatever, and you hear Dr. Dre talking about, oh, yeah, it was nothing. So then yeah. you're like, okay, it is nothing. It's nothing and I can hit my girlfriend or yeah. whatever. And it's yeah. fucking, it's cool to do that. Yeah. And- Ugh. D brought assault and battery charges and a $22 million lawsuit against Dr. Dre. There were criminal charges of battery brought against him, and he pleaded no contest. Mm-hmm. Regarding the criminal charges, he was fined. This is what he got, okay? Okay. He was fined $2,500. So like two cents to him. Okay. He was placed on probation, mm-hmm. ordered to perform 240 hours of community service, and ordered to produce an anti-violence public service announcement. Wow. All right. Which I've never seen. If I've, it never se- I've never seen it. That shit aired like in Barstow. Like. <laughs> <laughs> and, and who is he to do a public service announcement about that? I know. Do He's not even that? sorry. No. Yeah. That is not who we need having this kind of public <sighs> service announcement. With no video to tie Dre to the assault, it was basically her words against his. What about the all the witnesses? I don't think anybody would talk. Ugh. The civil lawsuit between the two of them was settled out of court. Is it sealed? We don't know how much he got. No, I'll get to it. Okay. The manager of NWA, Jerry Heller, called the incident disgraceful and claimed that Dr. Dre was generally nonviolent and the attack was a result of excessive drinking. Is that Paul Giabani in the in the movie? Yes. Okay. Yes. Dee said that her life changed after the attack, obviously. Mm-hmm. She suffers from migraines, and she said this makes Dre's later song, Keep Their Heads Ringing, particularly resonate with oh, her. That's a good ass song, though. Like, I saw something the other day that was, like, some sports team banned Chick-fil-A from their... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. From their... Uh, what's it called? Stadium? Yeah. Because, you know, Chick-fil-A is hella anti-LGBTQ. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I'm like, I know, but I love this shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know I'm with you guys, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck. Oh, the Chick fil A spicy chicken deluxe. Ooh, that shit them. pisses me off because they could have fixed. They could have fixed it since the last time people did a little hullabaloo. They should have like just fixed it. Pisses it pisses me off because shut the fuck up. No one wants yeah. your make fucking chicken sandwiches, yeah. dude. No, yeah. nobody wants to hear your fucking thoughts on this Ugh. shit. But then I, but that's bad too, I guess, right? Like, is that like when they told LeBron that he should just shut up and play basketball? Um, after the Citizens United fucking Supreme Court case, corporations are people, my friends. So oh, I guess fuck. they have. So I a, guess I am. They have a First Amendment right now too. No, fuck you, Chick-fil-A. <laughs> <laughs> just shut up. <laughs> Uh, in that interview she gave about that, when she said the thing about the keep the head ringing, she said, when my head rings, it's in the exact same spot where Dre smashed my head against the Ugh, wall. That is so sad. It's fucking awful. She also said that the incident made her blacklisted in Hollywood. 
Ugh. she pump it up pretty much ended yeah. after the attack from all the publicity she tried to get back on TV. She tried to get back on networks. She tried to get anybody to work with her, but nobody wanted to because of how it could affect their relationship with Dr. Dre. Yeah. Who was by now becoming a huge producer. Mm -hmm. She said she auditioned for the movie Set It Off and the director was Gary. Yeah. Yeah. The same dude. Yeah. And he said he that she nailed it, but he was going to cast Dre as Black Sam so he wouldn't give her the part. Oh, wow. You have no place to turn to. I know your community totally turned their back on you Yeah, because you're a small fish mm -hmm. and this fucking shark, they're going to protect him. Yeah. She said she tried to get a job at Revolt since she had known Puffy since the 90s. Oh, she never got a call back. Mm. And her journalism career essentially ended after everything went down. And she's just basically been working nine to fives to make ends meet. That's so sad. She also said that there's a myth around the music in industry that her settlement with Dre was so large that she never had to work again. Mm -hmm. But she said she didn't even receive $1 million from Dre. Ugh. His lawyers dragged their feet on the lawsuit and he stopped showing up to court. The shit dragged on for so long that she ended up getting pregnant with her first child and yeah. she was just fucking tired of everything. Yeah, that, and then she just needed to settle and probably like, you know. Move on. Yeah, and then she's probably like, oh, less than a million. All right, well, I can buy a house for me and my kid and just like. Yeah, get, she didn't know. think that her, she probably didn't think her career was going to be over the way it was, you know. Yeah, and she probably didn't think that her injuries would be as long term as they turned out to be. Of course. He said that the last time she ran into Dre, they were, they were cordial. They said a few words, but that was it. Mm -hmm. The last time she saw Ice Cube, she said he was standoffish. Wow. Crazy, right? Yeah. She did say that she ran into Easy e before he died, mm -hmm. and he's the one that she was able to make peace with. She said mm -hmm. they hugged, they kissed, they talked for a long time. Mm -hmm. She said she could tell that he was sick because he was skinny and he didn't mm -hmm. look right. But she felt really good about the last time she saw him. She also thinks that Eazy-E was the most straight shooter of the group. And she thinks that he wouldn't have tried to ignore all of this stuff in the movie the way that it was ignored if he was around still. Mm, yeah. After Eazy-E and Dre had a falling out, E mentions the attack on D Barnes in a bunch of his follow-up records, including on Real Motherfucking G's. He says, beating up a bitch don't make you shit. And on the song, It's On, he says, body slamming bitches doesn't make Dre a bigger man. Hey, that's the truth. In Eminem's song, Guilty Conscious? This, Conscience? Is, this is when I first heard about it, when, when we were kids. And I was like, what is he talking about? Yeah. I hate when they, I mean, I hate when they say stuff in songs where they mention a name and I'm like, who the fuck is that? And I got to go look it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, what's that Jay-Z song where he's like, and I wish I never met her at all. Mm -hmm. Then I was like, damn, what song is that? Then I went back and I was like, oh, <laughs> fuck, that's a bop. Yep. That song is a bop. Everybody do themselves a play. What's it called? Yeah. I think it's Wish I Never Met Her, honestly. Is it? It's a one-hit wonder. I don't think it's a one-hit wonder also. I think, really? Yeah. I'm fucking this up. I think it's... <laughs> Carl Thomas. Yeah, there you go. Da. Da -da. That intro is so good. Look, yeah. at this, look at this cover of him laying down. Oh, look at that sweater. <laughs> we stand a man in a sweater. <laughs> Not enough of you guys send us uh, pictures of yourselves in sweaters. Yes, that's true. We need an Instagram dedicated just to receiving pictures of men in sweaters. Yeah. 
All right. So in that Eminem song, Guilty Conscience, he pokes he pokes fun at the incident, saying, you're going to take advice from somebody who slapped D. Barnes. Eminem says that when Dr. Dre listened to that line, he started cracking up in his chair and shit. And OK, that was what, 10, 15 years later, and he's still like laughing yeah. about it. Yeah. Then came the movie Straight Outta Compton and the obvious lack of any of this being portrayed, not just Dee Barnes, but a bunch of other women that she says were also abused by mm-hmm. Dre and the crew, including his longtime girlfriend, Michelle. Mm-hmm. Another, the, another part of the movie she finds super interesting is basically the disappearance of any representation of strong women. Yeah. As Dee puts it, other than mothers and wives briefly, most other women in the film have non-talking parts mm-hmm. where they're just like naked or dancing or something yeah. like that. They're just like props. Yeah. Even J.J. Fad, the Rialto-based female rapping mm-hmm. trio whose commercial success with the song Supersonic. Yeah. I love that song. They paved the way for the release of Straight Outta Compton. Hey, I didn't know they were from Rialto. I know. That's tight, huh? <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's a Rialto. That shit's sick. <laughs> that, put that shit on the Welcome to Rialto song. Rialto Hall of Fame. Give them the key to the city. Welcome to the city of Rialto. Supersonic. Supersonic. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the producer of that one, that uh, album, whose name is Arabian Prince, by the way, May. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my bae, you mean? <laughs> uh, he helped them get Straight Outta Compton released and produced. Wow. As of this month, March 2019, it was being reported that Dee Barnes was facing financial difficulties. And then she spoke out and said she's officially homeless. <gasps> no. What? She, she started a GoFundMe to help her get back on her feet. On the page, she references the Dr. Dre lawsuit saying, I've never asked for public help before, but I remember a long time ago when the incident went down that people were sending me checks to pay for my legal fees. And I never cashed any of them, but knowing that I had the support of others kept me strong enough to keep going. Wow. Dee notes that her backlash has been similar to those women who tried to speak out against men like Harvey Weinstein, the women who gave up their Mm -hmm. dreams of comedy after attacks from Louis Mm C.K. Since her interview and the GoFundMe went live, members of the hip hop community have spoken out in support. Oh, good. Chuck D called out everybody to help D, especially those who have significant wealth now yeah. based on the path that she helped pave for hip hop in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. John Cryer spoke out. Whoa, wow. And he said D Barnes brought hip hop to the mainstream and to a lot of goofy white boys like me so we can help too. Fucking ducky. Isn't that so cute? <laughs> That's cute. Hey, so she's is she like hitting the goal or Yeah, so let's look at let's it. see how much it is right now. Hold on. If Dre doesn't fucking throw so, some money at her. Yes, hold on. Twitter is blowing the fuck up, just like May said, at Dr. Dre, whose net worth is allegedly at more than a billion. Yeah. To step the fuck up and help D Barnes. Yeah. So as a, her goal was $5,000, as of right now, it's $28,258. Oh, hell yeah. Dr. Dre most recently confronted the incident in the HBO documentary, The Defiant Ones. Remember that? I like that documentary a lot. It was great. Yeah. It was really good. 
he says that the violent incident is i don't know why i don't like calling this an incident it's not an incident it yeah, wasn't like something like, that happened by chance right and it kind of whitewashes what he did he assaulted yeah, so his fucking attack yeah. yeah the violent attack he says it's quote a major blemish on who i am as a man he said he was drinking he was drinking heavily at this time following the murder of his younger brother and it was a really low point in his life he wishes he could go and take it back especially since as a child he saw his mother be abused and he knows that no women should be treated that way Mm-hmm. he knows he was out of his fucking mind and he's sorry for it he knows it's a dark cloud that's going to be attached to him forever he said every time it comes up i feel fucked up the comments are really different to what he said yeah. right after the incident yeah yeah and also in 2015 after d penned the article in gawker which by the way it's fucking great she's a great mm-hmm. writer mm-hmm. he gave a half-ass apology saying, quote, I apologize to the women I hurt. This was in the New York Times. Mm-hmm. I apologize to the women I hurt. I regret what I did. That's not enough. Vibe Magazine's editor-in-chief said, quote, it's a moment that needs to be documented because it shows that Dre doesn't have just shiny spots on his resume. Mm-hmm. He has those dark moments. It is something that he needs to answer for, and I think he does step up and try to talk about it when it when addressed but it's hard to address him about it because he doesn't do interviews like that he just said it was an unfortunate incident it's just hard to get into those really deep answers that you want from dre it's Mm -hmm. really tough Mm. um i want to put the link to the gofundme up on our instagram so we could help too oh yeah yeah good we can't forget that women have been subjected to fucking awful things throughout hip-hop history and at the hands of that genre and since we all like to support the music by bopping along, we have to support these women too. Yeah, for sure. And that's the story of Dee Barnes. That's awesome. I mean, I feel so bad that she's going through what she's going through, but it's it feels good to know that people are stepping up like from all walks of life, it sounds like. Yeah. So that's how I thought to do the article. Uh, Kim Gordon posted the picture oh, of Dee did. Barnes and the, um, the link to the GoFundMe. Awesome. Yeah, and I was like, oh, shit. But really, I hope I hope that's not the end of that. I hope that Dre steps up and yeah, really sub- something substantial, right? Right, because it's not just the it's not just the immediate physical or emotional harm that he caused because of that one moment. It's like her being blacklisted. It's the ripple effect. Right, for her whole career. And it's everything changed for her. She was on the cusp of something. She would have been gigantic. Like she would have been, you know, she would have been, she would still be probably hosting something on the air. Yeah, for sure. Oh, man. I know. Frustrating. (sighs) Good job, Stephanie. Thank you. Ding, ding, dong. Ding, 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 dong. Okay, so today I'm going to talk about the infamous Jenny Jones show murder scandal. Whoa. We were kids when the murder happened, but I do remember the lawsuit that happened later. So I was pumped to finally learn the backstory of exactly like what the fuck happened here. Jenny Jones show, me that was a daytime show. Yeah, I remember the show. Me too. I didn't know there was a scandal. Oh, yeah. It's a big one. And I remember I used to like the Jenny Jones show. It was good. It was good for that, you know. I I talk about all the other ones, so we'll get into it. All right. Okay. So let's start with some background on Jenny and her show. 
Jenny was born Janina Stronsky. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. This podcast is over. In- Janina? What kind of shit? Her mom fucked up. Her mom Wait, fucked up. But in Bethlehem in 1946. What? Yes. So... But, okay, a couple of things. Like you said, the name. The name change from Janina Stronsky to Jenny Jones is amazing. Yes. Because Jenny Jones is the most basic John Smith-ass name I have ever heard. It's like it's like she was like, I need a stage name that's also a name that I can use in case I need to be on the run from the law. You know? <laughs> that's amazing. Janina Stronsky. Second, Jenny Jones is from Bethlehem. Yeah, what the fuck? Who Who the knew? fuck is from Bethlehem? Jesus. <laughs> Besides him. <laughs> oh also, also, I realized as soon as I read that she was from Bethlehem that I don't know if Bethlehem is in Israel or Palestine. Oh, okay, okay. So it's in... Fuck, you would think that that shit would be right, right at the front. Oh. Right? Fucking Instagram or Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> so let me tell you, I tried to do some quick research on it and I still don't know. Oh shit, this is interesting. So basically, get your shit together, Middle East. <laughs> <laughs> wow, if you, you said a mouthful there. Man. <laughs> this is supposed to be Jared Kushner's job. <laughs> that photo don't have a job. <laughs> Third. Jenny is 72 years old. That's crazy. She looks good as fuck. Not Martha Stewart good, but still, like, pretty great. Yeah. I always knew how old my grandma was, but mm-hmm. this week, like, I've been seeing her birthday a lot. And it, it trips really me out. She was you? born 1927. She's, like, uh, I think my, my grandma was born in, like, 33 or, like, 36, something like that. That's crazy, man. Before World War II. I know. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. Like, imagine how much shit they seen. What what Chinese zodiac is your is your grandma? Oh, I have no idea. Should I look it up? Yeah, rabbit. Me too. Really? Yeah. Aww. Oh, and my name is May, and her name is Maita. That's not her name, bitch. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know what's I used funny? To call my grandma me Mima. Aw, my coworker Janine uh, today was like, oh, she brought flowers and stuff. And she was like, I'm going to go drop these off for your grandma later. Yeah. And she was like, tell me why. I know you guys call her Maita. I know you guys call her Mama. What's her real name? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What is it? Rosaura. Oh, I I didn't know that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Nobody calls their grandmas by their fucking real name. Hell no. Yeah. But I do call my grandpa like. Papa Carlos. Yeah, me too. I used to call my grandpa Papa Victor. Okay, so Jenny's parents were Polish, and they moved her around from Bethlehem to Italy and ultimately to Canada as a kid. Oh, that's cool. So she grew up in Ontario. Nice. She She spent a lot of her early teens getting drunk, skipping school, and shoplifting. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't bring you from Bethlehem to Ontario so you could... Do hood rat shit with your friends. <laughs> That's the same thing they told Jesus. She, <laughs> <laughs> she dropped out of high school and made her way to Las Vegas where she sang backup for Wayne Newton. What? Yeah. Is that a fucking thing? 
Jenny was on a bunch of game shows in the late 70s and 80s. And like me, she even made an appearance on The Price is Right. Hell yeah. She started out as a drummer in a rock band and later became a stand-up comic. What is What this? the f- Fuck career trajectory. This is this is fucking Forrest Gump? <laughs> <laughs> this bitch is doing everything. She is doing the most. Oh, did you hear that story this week about the, the planned sequel to Forrest Gump? No, why? They wrote the script and everything. And the. Don't do that. They were putting the script together throughout the year 2000. And the, they, the day that they finished the script, uh, they set up a meeting with. Tom Hanks and um, fucking the rest of I can't remember who Zemeckis Robert Zemeckis and the screenwriter they uh-huh. had a they had a meeting for it on on September tenth two thousand one. Oh my gosh! Never forget that's the, the day, the day of, we can never forget. That's the day of Michael Jackson's thing. They sat down, had a meeting, read the script, and they were like, "Cool." Next day, September 11th happens, and they're like, we can't make this fucking stupid movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine how much shit didn't come out because of September 11th. Like, yes. people, because everybody rethought everything after yeah. that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Everybody took a step back and was like, okay, what are we doing? Right. You know? What's really, what what really matters, what really doesn't. Yeah. People got hella patriotic after September 11th. I know. Remember Freedom Fries? Yes. And Remember? I'm like, those are French. Those are our friends. <laughs> Are my French teacher at Etiwanda was pissed about that one time. Oh, really? Why? Yeah, because she was like, "What the fuck?" Like, oh, she was actually exactly like you. Oh, yeah, yeah, she was from, from oh. fucking France. She's from- <laughs> <laughs> I gotta stop cussing, man. And I tell myself like every day, I'm like, "All right, I'm not gonna cuss that much today." Like, I don't, I don't understand how this happened to me. <laughs> I just have such a potty mouth. It's like, it's, it's colorful. It's like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not colorful, mate. I remember in law school one time, my friend Drake was like, oh, like these girls said that you cuss too much. And I was like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> and he started cracking up. It's like, okay. Uh, okay, wait. I wanted to tell you a couple of the things that happened in Forrest Gump too. <laughs> so what? What? Really? Did I say that? And you actually had it written down? No, I I just oh. looked it up real quick. Oh, okay. uh, so the for, Haley Joel Osment, Forrest Jr. Yeah, he would have had AIDS because he inherited it from Jenny. But that is so. Isn't that actually like very unlikely? Um, it. I think maybe back then more likely. Oh, okay. And so then you know the kids wouldn't want to go to school with him and shit. Oh. And then Forrest was going to be in the back of OJ's Bronco, white Bronco, during the chase. What? And they said that there was going to be a bit where he somehow ended up there. And then OJ kept, like, looking back at the cops that were chasing him. And Forrest would keep having to, like, duck down so he wouldn't see him. What the hell? Uh, let's see. He would become a ballroom dancer. Oh, and he would dance with Princess Diana. Oh, like um, John Travolta? Yeah. What else? He would be, oh, he would get a girlfriend. Oh. And then he was going to be like sitting on a park bench waiting for her when there would be a big explosion in the background because he happened to be in Oklahoma City during the Oklahoma City bombings. And then she died in the Oklahoma City bombing. Oh my gosh. Why do you want to have to do this to Forrest? <laughs> yeah, I think that was, that was it. I think those are the big ones. 
Can we get this for a happy ending? <laughs> oh, he would have been in New Orleans for Katrina. That's the last one. Jesus. <laughs> no. Oh, God. That's too much. Yeah, it is too much. The sequel to Forrest Gump is that one movie, Big Fish. <laughs> oh, I like that movie. <laughs> I love that movie. I love you and McGregor. Okay, so... I never realized that Jenny Jones was stand-up because the first thing that comes to mind when I think of Jenny Jones isn't that she's necessarily funny. No, no you way. Know? Right? Anyway, Jenny made enough of a name for herself in doing stand-up after winning a hundred grand on Star Search that she ended up getting her own talk show in 1991 called The Jenny Jones Show. What? <laughs> so if you remember, the 90s were like the golden age of daytime talk shows. And I'm not saying they were good. I'm just saying that they were everywhere. If you turned on the TV while you were homesick from school or during the summer, there was like an 80% chance that a talk show would be on. Yes. Yeah. That or a soap opera. Shout out to Passions. (laughs) 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 Anyway, so talk shows were hot. We had Oprah, of course, which was like the classiest of all of them. Oh, then we went down the line in terms of classiness with maybe Sally, Jesse, Raphael. Yeah. Fuck shout both of those. But, but, <laughs> shout out to Give her me that. red glasses, though. Yeah, that shit. That was ahead of its time. <laughs> Give me that ratchet shit, though, baby. The Mari hey. show. <laughs> but okay. But Sally was already like way, way less classy than Oprah. So it was like Oprah was like leagues on top of everybody else. But oh, yeah. Right. So then Oprah had like Oscar winners. Yes. And shit exactly. On show. Yeah. So. It's like Oprah on top of everyone, then Sally. Then I'd personally put Ricky Lake next. Oh, yeah. But that's just because I fuck with Ricky. I like Ricky Lake, too. Go, Ricky. Yeah. <laughs> but I love those <laughs> intro musics, too. They're yes, so cheesy. They're huh? so cheesy. But really, I'd say that 90s era Maury Povich was probably classier than Ricky. Yeah, Maury has really gone downhill. Yeah. Yep. It, it didn't used to be what it is because. Right. <laughs> in my day (laughs) so then definitely montel williams oh yeah for sure is he still on no but he had one of the longer running ones too yeah so then montel williams then jenny jones yeah jenny was ghetto (laughs) and she always had like I used to be a nerd. Now I'm hot. Yep, yep. Shit like that. Don't worry. We're going to talk about it. Hell yeah. And at the very, very bottom was Jerry Springer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With like a handful of lesser shows in the mix, you know, somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Shout out to Jerry Springer and that check. He and that check. For his rub and tug. <laughs> also, shout out to Christina. I didn't forget about you, girl. Hell yeah, baby. <laughs> we're, we're Latin American. We got to know about Oprah and Christina. <laughs> What were the other things that you had to know about? I don't know, but that was the most important. Yeah, that was, yeah. It was like, we that, got, I oh. love that scene. Me too. It's so funny. <laughs> Shout out to that fool, except actually, oh, yeah, he has I heard, drama. I heard some shit. He's got drama. I'll yeah. Do, gotta do one but, on him. Put that sure. on the list because I didn't know about that until recently. Oh, okay. Okay. So, uh, anyway, Christina is right up there with Oprah in my book. Yeah, hell yeah. Remember when a Gloria Trevi fan got mad at us for liking Christina? Yeah, what a dumbass. <laughs> I definitely watch Christina more than I've ever seen Oprah. Oh, yeah, me too. Because that's what my mom would watch, so I'd sit there and watch it with her. Yeah. I, the only episode of Oprah I've ever seen, really, is the one where Ellen came out because I was curious. I watched it yeah, re- recently. 
the and, Tom Cruise one. And the Tom Cruise one. Yeah. Ellen came out on Oprah? No, it was like post her coming out. Oh, that's awesome. I Before we did this podcast, like a year before this podcast, I got all wrapped up in the Ellen scandal and I, <laughs> and I like read everything about it and I watched like the episode where she came out. Actually, I watched that whole season and then I watched the Oprah thing. She went through some shit, yo. Oh, like, yeah, she did. Remember when she got the Medal of Freedom? She needs her episode. She needs an episode. Yeah. But but she got the Medal of Freedom from Obama and she and started crying. crying. Yeah. Yeah. And oh my fucking, God. what's her face is there? Bluth? Portia. Yeah. Portia yeah. Bluth. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And also, L- Laura, you're oh, right. Hell a- yeah. You're right above Jerry Springer, TBH. No yeah, shout I out to you, Laura. girl. I don't no, fuck I with Laura. Laura. No. She's so ghetto. <laughs> But but Laura is like the only one besides Maury that's still out here in these streets. So Damn. get that paper, girl. Secure your bag. We gotta make asegurate la bolsa a thing in Spanish. Segurate <laughs> la bolsa. That sounds like something my aunt, my grandma would yell at me. Segurate la bolsa. It sounds like a warning, not a flex. Yeah, true. So Jenny's show premiered in nineteen in nineteen ninety one and taped in Chicago. Chicago. For the first couple of seasons, Jenny's show tried to be white Oprah, and it really wasn't working for them because why in the world would we need a white Oprah? Yeah, that's no. Yeah. So the ratings were super low. Yeah. Then in nineteen ninety three, Ricky Lake's show premiered and kind of changed the game because it was aimed at a younger audience than daytime talk shows had traditionally been at the time. Like, okay. I saw I read a little bit about Ricky's show and they were like the target audience was like teens and early and people in their early 20s. I was like, "Oh shit. That's what smart. A, but what a weird thing to to what a weird like target audience because they're in school presumably." Yeah, but you know? Yeah. I still love Ricky though. <laughs> Me too. Enough of them get sick and stay home that. Yeah, yeah, that is worth it. some numbers, yeah. True. So, oh, and also like I said, um she wasn't pretending to be as classy ricky i mean wasn't pretending to be as classy as oprah but at the same time she wasn't as trashy as jerry springer okay and ricky's show was a big success from the jump so jenny jones and her people looked at that and they were kind of like okay well let's do that then like we can we can kind of do that (laughs) (laughs) so in 93 94 is kind of when the jenny jones the jenny jones show that we think of when we think of jenny jones was born and things really picked up after that I wasn't into Jenny because every time I turned on her show, it was always a makeover. Yeah. <laughs> always, always. Always. Yeah. It used to be like, I used to be fugly in high school, but look at me now. It's just the yeah. exact same thing that you said. Yes. Which is fine, but it was just like repetitive. So I wasn't really into Jenny. Yeah. She was known for episodes about out of control teens. Uh-huh. And surprising them by making them go to boot camp. Yes. I remember those. Those were good. Yeah. Which I bet a lot of teens who appeared on her show back in the 90s look at the Cash Me Outside girl now. And like, oh, and they're pissed. They're pissed because she they're finessed shook. her way into like millions. Yep. <laughs> she used to do like, um, like she would reunite old lovers and shit. Yep. Yeah. Like, oh, we had a fling on my summer vacation, whatever. And, right. And they'd be like, well, here they are. <laughs> <laughs> she also did a lot of shows on people confronting their former bullies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, uh, that was kind of the same as the Look at Me Now episodes, kind of. Yes. But because I think that she had a problem with bullying. So I thought that was nice that she, like, 
try to that on. Yeah. She had paternity tests. She had the occasional live performances from musical guests. I I read something like Ludacris made his first TV appearance on her show and Usher. And like it was like all these hella 90s ass people. It was cool. What the fuck? And as we'll see in our story, another one of her big recurring storylines was Secret Crushes. Okay. The titles of her show were always crazy and included. What's up with your ex? Are you still having sex? (laughs) (laughs) Yo, dog, your funky smell is in trouble. It's time for Mr. Bubbles. What? (laughs) I look too fly. That must be why I can't get a guy. (laughs) I I felt that. (laughs) Lose that that Mac Daddy look because it's not off the hook. Oh, shit. My family's on my back. They say I'm fat because I love to snack. (laughs) (laughs) I felt that. (laughs) You say say I'm too fat, but thick is where it's at. (laughs) You you said I looked funny, but now I'm a honey. Ooh. You say you look like Alicia Keys, but I'm thinking, girl, please. Oh. My overdeveloped team is promiscuous and wild. Help me turn her around. She's only a child. What's that one famous video of that girl where she's like, my mama doesn't want me to have a baby, but I'm, is that on Jenny? <laughs> no, that's on Maury. <laughs> and if I can't afford it, then I guess I'm going to steal it. Yes, that girl, that yeah, girl. That's Maury. Yeah. That was so funny. <laughs> and, and you, this is the last one I have written down. You may shake it for money. But leave those sexy clothes at the club, honey. Oh, shit. Join me slash us for our new side podcast where I just read Jenny Jones episodes titles and <laughs> laugh and laugh. <laughs> it's like, what are those stupid videos? ASMR. Ooh. It's just Jenny Jones titles. That is a million dollar idea, Steph. Dude, there we go. Write that there, shit down. Yep, yep. That's like our 10th million dollar idea. <laughs> you guys better not steal that shit. I was thinking the other day that when we were talking about all the yesterday, when we were talking about all the good <laughs> ideas that we had, that I had a really, really good one, which was when I, I invented the Postmates for food from your grandma. Oh, yeah, that was really good, me. Right. So like if you if you want loop, if you want lumpia, you Nona mates that shit. If you yeah. want tamales, you abuelita mates that shit. Like, yeah. yes, I think that. Somebody should do that. Implement it. I don't even want royalties. Actually, I do. But we're just gonna we're trying. May you gotta protect elderly people. You're trying to put them to work. They're cooking it anyway. That's true though. (laughs) (laughs) They're gonna get mad at you for not making yourself a plate. Might as well. That's true though. Yeah, they might as well make you a plate. Okay, so on the Jenny Jones Show Wikipedia, they talk about some of the show's regular characters, which. I don't remember this or any talk show or any other talk show having recurring characters. That's true. But uh, oh, maybe the the um, the security guard from Jerry Springer. Oh yeah, 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 that's that right. guy. Uh, but yeah, there was a white DJ named Rude Jude who would just come on and insult people. Jenny says that this was the audience's all-time favorite guest. Oh, there was of course the drill sergeant who sent the kids to boot camp. Definitely, I remember him. Yes. And there was a dude named Tornado, a.k.a. Big Daddy Woo Woo, who was a comedian. What? (laughs) 
Big Daddy Woo Woo? Yeah. That's amazing. They should do a reunion episode and get all these weirdos together again. Yes, that'd be awesome. So anyway, so on March 6th, 1995, the show taped an episode called Same Sex Same Sex Secret Crushes, and this is where our scandal begins. Whoa. Why wasn't this episode called Boy, I'm crushing on you. Does it matter that I'm a man too? <laughs> or good job me. Or I know I'm a man, but boy, let's hold hands. <laughs> or <laughs> boy, I want to put it in your butt. I don't care if you have nuts. <laughs> so ridiculous. Oh, this is my last one. Surprise! I'm gay and I love you, way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Jenny opens the show with a hypothetical question. Quote, Now, which of these ways would you choose to reveal your secret crush on someone? A, would you write that person a letter? Hold up, like write a person a letter with like a stamp? Yeah, no, I don't think I would do that. Mm -mm. If I got a letter that said like, I've got a crush on you, signed John Smith, like I would hire a bodyguard. Like that's that's creepy. <laughs> you would hire me as your bodyguard. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, back to what Jenny was saying. B, would you tell that person in private in case he rejects you? That's what that, that's what I would do. In private, like the two of you, or like yeah. texting them. Just the two of you. Oh, okay. Yeah, totally in private. Come on now. Yeah. You don't want that shit in writing too, because then what I if know. he turns out to be a dick and yep. like shows people? Yeah. Exactly. I don't get crushes that often, but I wish I did because crushes are so fun. Oh, my God. I always have a crush on someone. <laughs> I'm like constantly crushing on somebody. It it's like re- it's like too much. I'm like relaxed. <laughs> I get like obsessive. Like I look I watch YouTube videos like when you were saying like, oh, I never have really watched Oprah. Yeah. I watch I've watched like every Leonardo DiCaprio interview on, <laughs> on Oprah on YouTube because I have a crush on him. Like that's different uh, though. Those are like unobtainable crushes. Oh yeah, so cele- no, I don't I have mean, like, like human like crushes. Real I have human a, crushes. No, I have celebrity crushes. No, like a real human. Bitch, crush. I'm married. I got a crush on Howell. That's it. Ah, uh, that's cute. Because like having a crush is like the best. Like I wish I could bottle the glow that you feel like when you get a text from that person and you're like, texting oh my them. god, it's amazing. Yeah. And you like think about what you're gonna say. Yeah. You look forward to it. It instantly puts a smile on your face. Yeah. That's awesome. Having a crush is fun. Yeah, it is. Okay. Or C. Would you tell that person that you're gay and you hope that he is on <laughs> national television? That's a giant <laughs> leap from A and B. And that's when you hear the first collective audience woo of that I episode. It. I love it. That's Perfect. a ninety shit. Oh, I would have fucking had sitting. In front of my TV with the fucking <laughs> hot pocket hey. and some tang. Tang. Oh, yeah. Tang is good. Hell, yeah. Yeah. I would have been like, yes. Do you, fuck with, do you fuck with Tampico? Because I don't like it. No. It's like thick. I don't like. Yes. I don't I don't like uh, Tampico or, or like Sunny Delight. I don't like Sunny Delight either. Just give me some orange juice. That's fine. Yeah. Get out of here. Or nowadays, mimosas. <laughs> mimosas me, bruh. <laughs> okay on this episode a 32 year old man from lake orion or maybe it's orion okay from Whatever. lake from lake orion michigan named scott amador who was an army vet and a bartender appeared on the show with his friend donna riley 
to confess that he had a crush on his and Donna's mutual acquaintance, 24-year-old Jonathan Schmitz. He was a vet? Uh, Scott was. Oh, that's hard. And the guy that he has a crush on is not. He's he's young, too. So. Okay. So Jenny has Scott and Donna on stage, and she has Scott explain how the crush came about. Scott is really cute, and he says that one day he went to visit Donna, and Jonathan was working on her car, like underneath, you know? Oh, no. <laughs> so Scott only saw him at first from the waist down, and he was impressed. Oh, okay, okay. He said he had a cute little hard body. The Aww. crowd fucking loves this. They're pumped. They're going crazy. Oh. Then Jenny, there, there's one sort of thing that I'm uncomfortable with. I mean, aside from the murder that's coming up, but like uh, the crowd, it seems that a lot of the pleasure that the crowd is getting is like two men. Yeah, you know? like they're sensationalizing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's a very like '80s movie scene, like a guy working on a car. Oh uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then Jenny starts pressing Scott about his fantasy, and he says. And Scott says that he fantasized about Jonathan covered in brake oil. Whoa. <laughs> and, another, and another fantasy where Scott tied Jonathan up in a hammock and there was whipped cream and champagne involved. Whoa. No wonder Ludacris made his first appearance on this show because this sounds exactly like the song, What's Your Fantasy? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Of course, this riles the crowd up. And uh, Scott's, Scott says that he doesn't know if Jonathan knows that he's gay. So then Jenny says, okay, bring Jonathan out. And the, <gasps> and the crowd goes wild. That's crazy. Meanwhile, the producers of Jenny's show had contacted Jonathan a few days before to tell him that someone had a crush on him and that they wanted to reveal it to him on the show. The producer wouldn't say who it was, obviously, but did tell Jonathan that it could potentially be either a man or a woman. Okay. Jonathan had broken up almost a year earlier with his long-term girlfriend, who I think he was even engaged to. So he thought, oh my God, what if it's her? Oh, no. Because he'd really regretted breaking up with her. So he was like, yeah, it's got to be her. And if it is her, I'm not going to let her slip away again. I'm going to ask her to marry me right away. Wow. And if it's not her, the only other person it could possibly be would be this girl from work that I've been getting vibes from. So it's a win-win. So he tells the producer, yeah, I'll be there. He goes out. He buys the finest clothes available at TJ Maxx circa 1995. We're talking talking a button-up shirt with a mandarin collar. Uh, Ew. khaki, Khaki pants from the Chandler Bing collection. (laughs) <laughs> and a brand and a brand new pair of shoes. He was looking sharp because in his mind, he was about to be reunited with the love of his life, the one that got away. So Jonathan comes out on stage and because of how they were seated, he sees like Donna first and then Scott. And then the only seat available is like uh, the seat next to Scott. So uh-huh. Scott would be in the middle and then Jonathan would end up sitting next to him. So he so he sees donna first and she gets up and he hugs her and gives her a kiss on the cheek then he sees scott and gives him this awkward handshake while scott tries to pull him in for a hug but you can see that jonathan is a little bit uncomfortable with the hug okay so then jonathan sits in in the chair next to scott and jenny asks did you think that donna had a crush on you and jonathan goes no we're good friends so jenny goes 
guess what? It's Scott that has a crush on you. And the whole audience goes, woo! Yeah. And Jonathan laughs nervously and says, like, you lied to me, like, to them. But he's just, like, he's, like, playing along. And, like, the audience is clapping and laughing. But he's obviously embarrassed. Right. Then Jenny has them replay the clip from the fantasy with the whipped cream and the champagne. Oh. And Jonathan keeps laughing nervously. And he he's, like getting red and he covers his face a little bit yeah really nothing about the way that he reacts seems out of the ordinary it's exactly how you or i would react if we were confronted by an unexpected crush like it, oh yeah i would be so know? embarrassed i yeah. wouldn't care what it was <laughs> right exactly <laughs> it could be a dog and it was like i got a crush on you I'd be like what it could be it could be the person that you have a crush on too and you'd still be like oh my god yeah, you know like for yeah. sure so he looks he looks flattered but mortified Uh Uh-huh. But also, it seems like he knows that it's all in good fun. Okay. Jenny presses Jonathan on his relationship status, and and Jonathan says that he's single, but that he's definitely heterosexual. And the crowd claps and yells and stuff. Okay. So their segment ends, and they leave the show. And that night, the three of them, Donna, Scott, and Jonathan, get super drunk. And allegedly, even Jonathan starts cracking jokes about how they should have a threesome. Okay. Also, allegedly, he and Scott have some kind of sexual encounter. Okay. Not exactly sure what, but Donna says that they had some sort of sexual encounter. Okay. The next day, the three of them fly back home to Michigan together after Jonathan convinces them to change their flight so that they could go together. And Jonathan gives everyone a ride home. The next night, Jonathan gets absolutely shwasted with some friends from work and come home and he comes home to find a note on his door that says, quote, if you really want to get it on, I'm the only one that has the right tool. Okay, so I believe it's the morning now and he goes to the ATM, gets cash out, buys a shotgun and drives to Scott's trailer, knocks on the door and asks him about the note. Jonathan then went back to his car, got the shotgun, and shot Scott twice in the chest, killing him. What? He then left, called 911, and confessed. What the fuck is going on? Jonathan had struggled with mental illness for a long time. Oh my gosh. A fact which the producers of the show never thought to check. Of course not. He was bipolar had attempted to su- and had attempted suicide at least twice. <gasps> I, w- I want to make it clear that I personally don't think that that makes Jonathan any less responsible for his actions. I just feel like as a stable person who doesn't like surprises, me, myself. Yeah. Maybe we don't surprise unstable people if we right. can help it, you know? I fucking hate surprises, too. Yeah. Like, so much. Yeah, it's the worst. That's the worst yes. thing you could do. You could be like a prank because that's along the lines as, of a prank. <laughs> throwing me in a pool that's a surprise too pranks and surprises are up there (laughs) yeah so anyway you never know how they'll react so it's just not this is not a good idea right anyway jonathan was found guilty of second-degree murder in 1996 and sentenced to 25 to 50 years in prison wow his conviction was later overturned on appeal but he was later found guilty of the same charge during the retrial and received the same sentence. Wow. He was released from prison on August 22nd, 2017 after serving <gasps> 20 years. Oh, shit. 
Scott's family sued the Jenny Jones show, of course. Yeah. And its studio, Warner Brothers, for $50 million in 1999 for negligence that led to Scott's wrongful death. The trial was broadcast on court TV. <gasps> Jenny and her producers had to testify. What? And the trial garnered a lot of public attention. Like, it was on TV all the time. I remember it. I bet. The jury ended up awarding them $25 million. Wow. They said that the show was irresponsible and negligent for ambushing and humiliating him and created a volatile situation without concern for the consequences. Of course. It's exactly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> However... The Michigan, with court, <laughs> the Michigan Court of Appeals later overturned that ruling in a two-to-one decision, and the Michigan Supreme Court declined to hear the case. Wow. So at the end of the day, Jenny Jones and her show and the studio were not liable. Wow. Jenny Jones maintains that Jonathan did not experience humiliation. And what? And cites the fact that he seemed to play along as a good sport during the ultimately unaired episode. Well, what is he supposed to do? Lose yeah. his mind right there like, in front like of right everybody yeah. on TV? Yeah, exactly. She also points out that if he knew it, that she also points out that he knew it could have been a man and he still appeared on the show. So she says she has, but, and then she also pointed out that they allegedly had that sexual experience. Yeah, so the gr their friend says that they did? She testified, yeah. And and Jonathan's bipolar. Yeah. So maybe maybe they did and, and he mm -hmm. was... Yeah, they get manic and they do mm -hmm. things that are out of the ordinary, right? Yeah, maybe. Okay. Yeah. And also he was like super shwasted oh, right. with his work friends and like right. maybe now he's just regretting... The after the fact, yeah. Yeah. Anyways. So... And then the note, we do we know that it's from Scott? Like is No, that not necessarily. No, we don't know because the only person who would know would be Scott. Wow. But then also who would know? I guess it would have because it's not like the show aired yet or ever right. for that matter. But it like, never aired? No, it never aired. <gasps> so they showed that segment during the when they broadcast the court TV try when the when they broadcast the trial on court TV wow it's on but it is on youtube so if you guys want to watch it it's fascinating to like, i want to watch it to like look back and think like man we should have known or you know or yeah I, there's no way you could have known but you know so jenny says that she has no regrets and wouldn't change anything about her actions or the actions of her staff wow so the murder had the immediate effect of starting a backlash, not only against the Jenny Jones show, but against sleazy talk shows in general. Right. Because it's just a matter of time before it, it happens again. Yeah, exactly. Which really makes me think that people would be really appalled if they stopped to think about what it takes to make a reality show. Oh, yeah. And how like, the producers like manipulate people. Shout out know? to Unreal. Unreal. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Unreal. Yeah, just for the sake of making good TV, and in many cases, bad TV. Right. <laughs> but this whole time, the Jenny Jones show continued to chug along. They made it to the end of the 90s, despite still struggling to get out from under the scandal. But in the new millennium, the ratings began to dip. And they really started dipping for a lot of daytime talk shows. Mm -hmm. The genre was just not something that people were that into like they used to be. Right. It's like if you were gonna want if you were gonna watch a talk show, it was gonna be like the Ellen format where you're talking to celebrities or like Oprah a lot of the time, you know. Uh huh. 
or like the view where they talk to each other. Uh huh. Everything else for, for the most part was just dying out. So after the end of season 11, the show came crazy close to being canceled, but was saved at the very last minute. Unfortunately, they were saved by a different production company than the one that had been doing the show all those years. And that new production company had different deals with the networks in place. So since this was a syndicated show, it ended up affecting which channel the shows appeared on. Oh. Primarily in key markets like L.A., Chicago, and New York. So people had a hard time uh, finding the show. Right. Which is kind of worst case scenario for any show. Yeah, seriously. Because I think it used to be on Channel 13, right? Or five? I don't yeah, remember. maybe it was five. Yeah, yeah. But like, that's how you remember those shows. Like at yeah. that time, it's like, yeah. oh yeah, that one's on channel five at whatever. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And then like, if you were on summer vacation and you didn't know what time it was, like you turn on the TV and you'd be like, oh, it must be, it must be one o'clock because Jane yeah. Jones is on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not the kind of thing you're gonna go out of your fucking way to find right. if it's right. not on that. There's like five other ones. Yeah, just exactly. Within you know a few. There's channels, probably so. a different one on. Oh, honestly, yeah. at the same time. <laughs> yeah. So you're like, all right, this will do. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, obviously that caused their ratings to take an even bigger plunge. In 2002 and 2003, the show became the lowest-rated daytime talk show. Wow. But I mean, someone's got to be last, though, right? Like, does does being in last place automatically mean that you're getting canceled? I know. Also, I'm sure that the scandal, even though it had been like several years before, I'm sure it didn't help. So the Jenny Jones show taped its last show in spring of 2003, and the show was officially canceled that summer, although reruns aired well into September. Wow. The cancellation of this show really was the end of an era for daytime talk. After the cancellation of her show, Jenny Jones seemed to spend most of her time doing work for and giving tons of money to charities, particular particularly breast cancer charities. Oh wow! Because she had six, she never had cancer, but she had six breast augmentations. What? Because they kept she started getting them, I think, in the late seventies or early eighties. Oh and, shit! And like they were, you know, they would get fucked up, and then she'd get another one, and then it would be fucked up, and she would get another one, and like she was. She had a lot of trauma related to that. I bet. She's also been in a crazy long-term relationship with a guy named Dennis McCallion. Wow. She, she was also married to a guy once, and his name was Al Gambino. What? Was he part of the Gambino crime family? <laughs> I don't know. I literally don't know anything about him but his name, and I just wanted to bring it up. Yeah, that's, that's, that's sick. a cool-ass name. Al Gambino. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the story of the Jenny Jones Show murder. That's crazy, man. I didn't know that story. Oh, and also she feels some type of way about the fact that we call it the Jenny Jones show murder. What? what? Really? Yeah, because she's like, you know, she's like, it's not my fault. I don't know why. Like, I'm being tied to it. Whatever. It. What are you talking about? You brought <laughs> these two people together that didn't have shit to do with each other. And then one went and, mar and murdered the other one. Okay, but you know what I kept thinking about? Let's say you're at like a bar or something. Like you and me are at a bar and like i have been there before <laughs> <laughs> and like my crush walks in and you're like hey mate go tell him go tell him in front of everybody oh that, i like, would do that either. shit too right because yeah i'm like that yeah and then like i did it and like he didn't like it and he killed me like it's not your fault i would feel like it was my fault though but would you be liable you know no but no you're right so uh, uh, my first That's way different though <laughs> my, my, <laughs> my first instinct was like oh it's fucking her fault but then i was kind of like i don't know yeah, no, I mean, she didn't pull the trigger, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
but they they did and i hope that that changed the way they booked these guests and stuff me too and maybe it changed how everybody booked their guests yeah but that's kind of one of those awful things that maybe is like you learn the hard way yeah exactly yeah so r.i.p to scott amador yeah and the other dude is out like yeah he out wow not that long ago right like a year ago it was the end of uh, 2017 that's crazy (sighs) well guys thanks for listening to the drama club yeah hit us up on instagram and twitter at drama club pod and on the website dramaclubpod.com and on the hotline 505-539-0556 and at our p.o box p.o box 27433 los angeles that's it yeah that's it we'll talk to you on monday with our brand new afternoon delight episode bye bye however whatever with your helmet